This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. If you have missed any of today's segments, you can find the podcast for this show and other past shows at realpresenceradio.com on our app, on Spotify, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. And so, uh, Doreen is back in the saddle here and uh, got a joke lined up for us. I have not introduced our speaker, so I guess I'm going to have to answer the question. Okay. A ship carrying red paint and a ship carrying blue paint collide in the middle of the ocean. What happened to the cruise? What happened to the cruise? I suppose they um, fell in the water. They were watercolored. Well, you're close, Jack. They <laughs> they were both marooned. Oh. Get it? I get it. Yeah, blue and red. Marooned. Okay. <laughs> Laugh track, please. Okay. With that, let's introduce our next guest. But uh, has anybody ever come up to you and asked if you've been saved? And how do you respond? And... To talk about this, we're talking with Father Kurt Gunwall on this very topic. And Father is a priest of the Diocese of Fargo and currently in Langdon. Am I correct, Father? You are correct. Okay, well, welcome to the show. And Father is no stranger to Real Presence Radio because I know we've had you on before. Yes, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back on with you, visiting and yeah, no, apparently uh, this is kind of a follow-up to uh, an article that you wrote in the New Earth, which is the uh, kind of the Diocese of Fargo uh, news magazine, and called our, what do I say when someone asks, are Catholics really Christians? And uh, people can find that uh, in the Diocese of Fargo uh, website. And uh, But anyway... Thanks being with, for being with us today. <laughs> All right. There's a transition for you. <laughs> Dreen's got to compose herself, Father, so why don't you just introduce yourself to our listeners? All right. Uh, well, I've been ordained now for 14 years. I served a couple years at St. Anne and Joachim in Fargo as it was being built. I served eight years as vocation director for our uh, Priestly and helping young adults and teens uh, discerning their religious and future vocations, and then served four years down in Morton and Mansador, and now just arrived this summer up in Langdon, North Dakota, at St. Alphonsus and Nakoma with St. Edward, and then working with St. Michael's in Wales, but we're in the process of closing there. So that's my priestly life. I come from a family of uh, seven, my parents, and two brothers and two sisters, and uh, raised in a Catholic family, Catholic grade school, public high school, and then off to study engineering for a few years, education for a few years, before entering college seminary and working in youth ministry for many years. So, quick summary. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Father. And I want to welcome you as well. Jack welcomed you, but I welcome you too. Um, would Thank you, you. Um, would you tell us a little bit about the article that you wrote in that recent isha- edition of the New Earth? Um, and you know, it's it's kind of a an interesting 
topic. What does it mean to be saved? Because it it's something that we, I think, do need to consider. But the question can be really intimidating. Well, for us as Catholics, it mm-hmm. almost seems to be a silly question. Is it, you know, are, are Catholics really Christians? But are these questions that you get as a priest? I don't get them as often as a priest because I think people are a little nervous about asking them. So I should say I don't get them from the people who, like, seriously wonder about it. But I do get them from Catholics who have been asked these questions. So they're more asking, how can I explain this? How can I answer this uh, to others? But it's not as frequent in our modern culture because people either are hesitant about talking about religion uh, or... They, again, there's sometimes an embarrassment about not knowing the faith, or they don't want to question others. It's rare when I run into someone who is uh, not antagonistic, but seriously, they don't think Catholics are Christians, and they just, they, you know, want to put that out there. That doesn't happen as often as it used to, when one of the part I didn't include in my uh, background is I had many, many years in college and during those years, I was actively involved in uh, multi-church uh, organizations, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, worked with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, even a little bit with Crew, Campus Crusade, uh, other churches I visited often during those times. And so I heard the question back then much more uh, frequently, or those kind of discussions. Did you find yourself asking the question of others in that time? Uh, no, even though there was a time when I wasn't sure I was Catholic, in my own understanding, I wanted to, it took me years to kind of seek out what does the Church really teach, what is the explanation for things. Even at that time, it wasn't a question in my mind of that Catholics may not be Christian. I always understood or accepted that it's not just being Catholic that makes you Christian. I mean, that, that does make us Christian in our baptism, but we can reject that. We can walk away. So that's part of what the article addresses. You know, it's not an absolute just because, oh, I was raised Catholic or I was baptized that now I'm a Christian. No, we know many people who were raised Catholic uh, or raised in other churches, too, who have chosen to reject the faith as adults. Right. So how do you... How do you recommend a person respond if the question is asked of them because they are Catholic, um, what it means to be saved, and um, are Catholics Christians? What are your recommendations? As I mentioned in the article, the biggest part of any discussion of anybody asking the question of, of me or of someone else is to understand why they're asking the question. So it involves that first we have to listen. You know, we first we have to hear what is their reason for asking, what is their background. I often ask people, well, what, what background did you come from um, in faith? Where, what's your relationship with God, or how were you raised? So that's the most important foundation, is why are they asking this question? Again, it's rare in my encounters that it's someone who is, attacking or antagonistic, it does happen, but that's rare. And so usually that's not their reason that they're asking. In our in our world today, again, there's many people who are empty, who mm-hmm. are confused, who are lost, who are truly wondering, 
why do you accept this when the world says so much negative about the Catholic faith, or even other Christians, some other Christians may say things that the Catholics are wrong about this or that or all of these things. So often they really are inquiring. They really are asking a question that's personal. Why do you believe this? I've got a pretty basic question for you on this one. Is What does it mean to be saved for Catholics, and does our understanding differ from the Protestant understanding of the word? In, in a couple practical ways, it's the same, that at root we understand it to mean, are we going to heaven? You know, that, okay, to be saved, to be, I'll use a different phrase, washed in the blood of Christ, to be under the saving act of Christ dying on the cross for our salvation. At the root, at that core, at the heart of it, is are we on that path? Are we on the road to heaven? Has Jesus's action, his, his sacrifice, does that make any difference to me? And so at the core, I think most Christians, not all people who call themselves Christian would even say that, but most Christians would agree that that is what it means to be saved. Am I living in the grace of Christ? Now, where it diverges then is, there's a few, again, it's a minority of Christians, but it's still uh, quite a number of them, okay, who understand it as, once I'm saved, nothing I can do can lose that. But again, that's a minority of Christians. Most of us, if we look at life, and if we look at people's decisions and their actions, we would agree that not only is it a decision to follow Christ or to receive His saving act, His grace, but it also means I have to live it. I have to follow Him through my life. And so that, that's where it can vary as to some people think, really, no matter what you do, Jesus holds on to you and He doesn't let go of you. But as Catholics, we understand mortal sin is a decision to reject that gift of God, even if I've accepted it through most of my life, when I choose to do something that is serious and grave, and I know it's wrong, and I say, but I choose this evil instead of God's grace, that I can separate myself, not permanently, because I can return in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, but I can separate myself from that saving grace of God. Am I on the road to heaven? I am in my life, but at this moment, I'm not there. So those are some of the distinctions that in common we have, but also things that we may disagree. What does um, a Protestant's understanding of sin, compared to a Catholic understanding of sin, how does that play into this being saved? You, you, you were kind of talking about that, Father, but it seems like you know Catholics have an understanding of there being grave or mortal sin and venial sin. Let's, I'm going oh. to interrupt here oh, because okay. it's time for us to take a break, and that's oh, going to be sorry. a pretty extensive <laughs> answer. So why don't we go to a break? We'll hold, the, hold our thoughts on the question, and we'll get back to it. We're talking with Father Kurt Gunwell of the Diocese of Fargo about uh, well, how do, what do we say when someone asks, are Catholics really Christians? So stay with us, and there's more to come on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do. For if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them. You are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. I kind of stumbled into the Catholic radio uh, when it came here to Bemidji. You know, you're driving around, you hit the scan on the thing, and and it pops up, and you're like, oh, that's that's different, that's interesting. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're listening to Catholic radio all the time. It, uh, you know, you pick it up in the morning, coming coming in, you're listening to, to uh, the Sunrise Morning Show and Morning Glory, and, and then you get out with, with my job. I'm a forester here in the county, and... And so I travel about a lot, getting to different areas to do forestry work. So off and on through the day, you're traveling, you can pull it up, and you can listen to Women of Grace or or Dr. Ray. He's just a hoot. I love listening to him. Uh, called the communion with Dr. David Anders. I listen to him. He is like an encyclopedia of knowledge. You could listen to him all day, I think. It answers so many questions about the faith that you didn't even know you had. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to uh, this next uh, 15 minutes of our discussion with Father Kurt Gunwell of the Diocese of Fargo. And we're talking about an article that he wrote for the New Earth uh, magazine, which is the magazine for the Diocese of Fargo. And we're talking about what it means to be saved. And what do I say when someone asks, are Catholics really Christian? So welcome back, Fargo. uh, Excuse me. Welcome back, (laughs) listeners. Welcome back, Father, not Fargo. Well, and (laughs) listeners in Fargo. So anyway, uh, we we left a a question hanging before the break. All right. And, yeah, the question about that difference of how we see sin, how it separates us from God. And as Catholics, and again, I would say amongst some other Christians, they, they still have the Catholic understanding, and we'll move into that a little bit in a, in a few minutes, but that we do recognize there are choices we make to separate ourselves from God. We call them mortal sin, meaning deadly sin, that we can reject the grace of Christ even if we've been following Christ in our life. So even your use of the word, what do Protestants think, uh, when we're talking about ecumenism, when we're talking with other Christians or other people of faith, there are in Protestants in, in other Christians, they would use that term to refer normally to traditional Christians who split off from the Catholic Church normally hundreds of years ago or over a hundred years ago. Nowadays, people would call themselves evangelical or 
numerous other terms, or fundamentalists, they wouldn't consider themselves Protestants. So I, even that term. So other Christians, again, that's though where the breakdown of what do we view of sin, Protestants would agree often with Catholics about that there are sins that don't separate us fully from Christ, but they do hurt our relationship. And I don't know what they think about the question of mortal sin. I think most of them would accept it or believe it, but amongst evangelicals or fundamentalists, I'm not as sure. I don't think there's a common view amongst those groups. Uh, Some fundamentalists believe in once saved, always saved, so they don't believe in mortal sin. They don't believe that once you've accepted Jesus fully as your Savior, and they would say everything's mortal sin before that. Everything's deadly because we're not in the grace of Christ. So that may be confusing, but it's not clear. You can talk to any Christian, and they're going to have a different view of what they think sin is, because they don't always follow a teaching of what sin is. Thank you, Father. Yeah, yeah, it it could lead us into a whole conversation about free will and... And, yeah, yeah. But I think the we'll, once we'll stay on this track. I, I think the once saved, always saved is a hard concept for Catholics to to grasp, because you know because we do have mortal sin, venial sin, and purgatory, and all those other things that acknowledge that we can fall, <laughs> but yeah. we can also be you know we can we can come back and repent, and we see it doesn't make sense with lived human condition, even amongst the once-saved, always-saved people, I'll just kind of close this topic with this, even amongst them, if somebody who's been a wonderful, strong Christian for decades, then turns to a life of depravity, of rejecting the faith, they have to go back and say, well, they must not have ever really meant it. Mm-hmm. You know, 40, 30 years ago, they never really meant their commitment to Christ in order to choose a life like this later. So we say as Catholics, and again, many other Christians, that that once saved, always saved, doesn't fit with what life shows us, what faith life shows us. So again, that's a way to kind of close that piece. Right, because the, the question I've always had when I've you know, kind of been thinking about that sort of thing is, how do you know? <laughs> And you know, mm-hmm. how do you know when someone is sincerely, uh, you know, have have made that commitment? Or uh, and we say it's a daily decision, a daily act yeah. of faith. Right. And yeah, we we also though agree with them. And I wrote a different article about this a couple of years ago. We agree with them that each day I have to choose to follow Christ. That you know, I do. I am on the road to heaven. You know, C.S. Lewis would point that. We're either on the road to hell or the road to heaven in our life. And I am on the road to heaven. God is saving me. And as long as I follow God, I trust Him to save me. I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to get to heaven, because God is faithful. God will not abandon me. The only thing we differ on, then, is whether I can abandon God still. So, you know, we have that same trust in God, we have that same trust in His saving grace that He can save me from anything that may happen. And that's our, you know, going to confession. It doesn't matter what I've committed of sin, I can confess it, and God can and wants to forgive me. I had someone who just called me recently who said, I 
I've committed the, the unforgivable sin. I said, okay, what, what, what do you mean? But I said, the only way it's unforgivable is if you won't repent. You know, what the scriptures are trying to teach us is God can save us from anything if we will repent. And receive his love and mercy. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, accept that gift of mm-hmm. forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So you had a different, I know, topic we wanted to move into yes. here. Uh, that's important with this topic. Right. Um, you, you sort of alluded to it when our conversation began, Father, when you said that you, when someone asks you if you've been saved, you like to go to um, learning more about them and talk and asking them, you know, what their belief system is or, or whatever. Um, so could you speak a little bit now more in depth on that about why dialogue among Christians, Catholics and Protestants, is important. And, you know, and I'm not talking as quote-unquote churches, but as we meet and interact with the people in front of us. Why is dialogue important? Over the last multiple, uh, I'll say the last 60 years, since Vatican II, right before that, and on... This question of how do we interact in the world, I mean, it's always been a, a concern of the Church. It's always been a teaching of the Church. How do we interact? How do we reach out the Gospel to the world? And so in recent, you know, under Pope John, Pope St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis now, it is, and even before that, I should say, Pope Paul VI, this need that we have to share the good news. And part of what weakens our witness to the world is our division amongst Christians that, okay, the Catholic Church proclaims this gospel, but then you have many other Christians who don't accept the Catholic teaching on one thing or another. And so part of our the importance of our witnessing to Christ, to the world, is seeking unity. Now, will that ever fully exist? No, not in our broken, fallen world. It will never fully exist. But at this moment, in my family, in my neighborhood, in my community, even in my own parish, do we seek unity of the fullness of faith? So our dialogue is important for our witness of Christ to the world. And within that then, yeah, as I said, I was involved in InterVarsity Christian Fellowship and with other groups of mixed Christians as I grew up as a child, too. My parents were involved. Uh, for a time in Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship, an ecumenical group, uh, Women's Aglow, different groups like that. So we grew up with an awareness of friends and neighbors who weren't Catholic, but who were strong Christians. And as I've grown myself in my involvement, and then coming back to understanding my Catholic faith, knowing what the Catholic Church teaches, and the fullness of faith that's there, I I so much want to share that with my friends. Again, I don't expect instant conversions amongst a person I meet, whether they're Catholic, another Christian, or not Christian, but I am willing to plant the seeds to share the gift of faith as well as they can understand it, as wherever they're at, whatever their ability to understand. And I trust God to take what I might share with them and to one day bring us to greater unity. It may not ever be full unity, but one day to greater unity. 
So in that dialogue, it's first knowing, again, where are they at? Where have they come from? You know, were they, are they angry at Christian churches because of how they were raised uh, or what they've seen in the news? Are they questioning, are they seeking that they were never raised with any faith? And they don't really know the Christian faith. They don't know who this God really is because they hear so many different messages. Again, anti-Catholic to the gift of Catholic. So those are some of the big picture reasons of why we need to have dialogue with the people around us for the sake of Christ and his church and for helping others to find healing, to find answers, to find the goodness, the truth, and the beauty that is God in his church. So it it sounds to me then, you know, when we're responding to people in these kinds of discussions, uh, it sounds like listening is really important so we can basically understand where they're coming from. Yes, and I will be the first to admit I'm not a great listener. I'm trying to be a good listener, but there are certain people who, when you're with them, you know their whole attention is on you. I get distracted. I jump, you know, my, in my mind right away is, I want to share with them this. I want to tell them this. I want to ask them this. But I, I've learned to keep those quiet and listen better. But I'm still not a great listener. So it's something we all need to grow in, to learn, to advance in, and so that, again, we're listening to their heart, to their questions, to their needs, so that God can answer those questions. He may speak through us, even if we're unsure of what needs to be said, even if we don't have the answer for what they're asking, but that we can walk with them and move with them in toward Christ, toward the Church. Thank you, Father. Those are beautiful last words for, for all of us to take. We can jump to um, assumptions about other people, but when we're really listening, we learn who they are. Um, Father, could you end this um, session with a blessing for our listeners? Yes. May Almighty God, who is the source of every good gift and the source of our unity in Christ, draw us into his heart, strengthen us for the mission he has entrusted us with, and fill us with the joy and love of the gospel. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. We've been visiting with Father Kurt Gunwell of the Diocese of Fargo. And we're coming up on a break. But did you know that the Real Presence Radio's Fall Live Drive is just around the corner, September 14th, 15th, and 16th? Lori Kulgard will be on to share some more about that on the other side of the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 